This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. As expected, Jason Kenney and his United Conservative Party won a resounding victory last night. What a great day for the province of Alberta. Friends, today our great province has sent a message to Canada and the world. Alberta is open for business. Well, do those words sound familiar? Even some of that language and manner of speaking sounds a lot like Doug Ford. And Alberta will immediately line up with Ontario and three other provinces to fight the federal carbon tax in court. And this will be just the beginning This is a development that will have huge ramifications, not just for Alberta, but for the whole country, and especially for Justin Trudeau and his prospects for re-election. Want to know what you think? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And right now we go to our Cracker Jack expert panel, Bob Richardson, Tom Parkin, and John Mikatishan. Welcome to you all. Thank you for being with us. Hi there. Okay, well, let's start with John Mikatishan, the conservative. Is this uh, the start of a, or uh, the the continuation of a really uh, powerful conservative block lined up against Trudeau? Uh, it is. I think it's uh, rather stellar. Um, that having uh, played with the experiment of the NDP, no malice has returned to uh, um, Alberta, and uh, Jason Kenney is going to be the number one person uh, helping uh, elect a new government in Ottawa this fall. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it sounds like them's fighting words, Tom Parkin. <laughs> How do you see this? Well, it's, I think... Uh, not an unexpected result. Uh, we saw the polls, but we also saw, you know, a fair bit of growth from uh, Rachel Notley's team. I think history will be kind to her. Uh, dealt a very bad hand in the huge decline in oil prices, which had a huge impact on the Alberta economy. And she protected people from the cuts to health care and cuts to education, you know, firing of teachers and nurses and people like that who care for us. And that was the kind of cuts that were being advocated uh, when she won by the Conservative uh, government at that time. And these are the kind of cuts that Mr. Kenny seems to want to, to do to bring back to Alberta so that he can give more money to the highest income earners, to flat tax on incomes. And, you know, we've seen this game before. I, 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 I think it's uh, going to be when we start looking back that Rachel Notley did a lot of right things in a hard time and, uh, Mr. Um, Mr. Mr. Kenny, uh, in in contrast, might be regarded as a little bit uh, overly harsh in his economic plan. I hope 
Ms. Notley hangs around because I think she she could be a premier again in Alberta. Bob Richardson, are the Liberals shaking in their boots today? Oh, I don't think so. But first and foremost, congratulations to Jason Kenney. I happen to have known him for 30 years. And whether you like or dislike him, I got to say this is a hardworking guy. In the last three years, he has you know, left being a member of parliament, uh, run for a party leadership, merged two parties, ran for that leadership, won a by-election, and now a general election. Uh, this guy's work ethic isn't for the uh, for the faint of heart, and he should be given uh, full marks. I think he's got a clear mandate on the economy. Uh, I think uh, this election was decided on the economy. I think every, everything else was pretty much a sideline issue. And I think, you know, uh, he will already probably have his eye on the next election. The next election in Alberta will be decided in Calgary. Uh, he'll hold all those rural seats. The NDP will do well in uh, in Edmonton. And uh, so he's got to really get the economy moving uh, throughout Alberta, but particularly in Calgary. Well, Jason Kenney, not just a hard worker, he's also a very smart guy. No question about it. I think he's a uh, he's a hard worker, and uh, I think he was uh, a smart, hardworking uh, member of uh, Mr. Harper's cabinet. I happen to disagree with his approach on a number of issues, but uh, that being said, you uh, you can't fault the guy for uh, for uh, for the performance that he's put in. Uh, John McEtishan, uh he took a lot of flack during the election for some very socially conservative members of his caucus. Uh, there were some, uh, you know, there were some s- s- mini scandals, I'd say, having to do with hate speech. Uh, is all of that behind him? Yeah, I, I, well, first, I think it is. Uh, when you get uh, one or two people voting for you, I mean, he got 55% of the overall vote. So aside from winning a clear majority of seats, uh, he's got a very strong mandate. And, I, and I'm not sure whether it's the Trump effect or, or what, but I think in the last two years, since the last federal election, um, we've seen in Ontario and now Alberta, when various uh, candidates uh, would normally have been uh, uh, thrown under the bus, for some of their previous actions. Parties have stood by them. Um, they haven't really become big uh, issues, and they're frog- forgotten for all intents and purposes a day after the election. Uh-huh. And uh, be- before we move to Tom, uh, John, do you think that Jason Kenney is now going to assume the leadership of the Conservative premiers? Do you think he'll take that over, perhaps, from Doug Ford? Um, I, I think he does um, for a variety of reasons, the, the most of which, um, despite the fact Premier Ford represents a much larger constituency, uh, many more people. It's one of the things to I've always enjoyed over the years is explaining to my friends in Alberta that uh, they represent less than a, a quarter of people in Ontario. Um, but the reality is that Jason has a very long history he was a federal cabinet minister for years in a very strong government. So he is the most accomplished, the most intellectual, the most um, uh, hardworking um, activist. Um, and I think that's part of what got him the leadership and now the uh, premiership of Alberta. So I think absolutely he becomes, uh, uh, you know, he's the new guy at the table per se, but he's the most experienced guy at the table at the same time. Tom Parkin, you know, we've 
I, what I've heard from critics, uh, they've been talking about uh, making it almost sound like a, well, you can't say conspiracy, but that uh, conservative, provincial conservatives are really lining up behind Andrew Scheer and trying to get the same message. Do you see it that way? Uh, I think, you know, it's fairly self-evident that when, uh, you know, when the carbon tax, this is an example, was was proposed for the, you know, backstopping in the provinces where they didn't have their own carbon pricing regime, uh, you know, some conservative premiers were on sign. And then Mr. Ford got elected, and uh, he did his bit to uh, try and get them uh, moved. The most significant move was, of course, in, in Manitoba, where Premier Pallister reversed himself, having signed on to the federal climate leadership plan and then signed off effectively and, and joined Premier Moand of Saskatchewan and Premier of Ontario in launching, a, you know, a, a, the court challenge that we're watching in, in, in uh, federal courts in the last few days that started this Monday, which, you know, I, I you know, I, I, I think in part people will be a bit dismayed at this idea of governments fighting governments and that's, you know, but that seems to be the idea here is to get provincial governments fighting the federal government and just try and eventually make Mr. Trudeau's position untenable in different directions. And of course, you know, Mr. Mr. Trudeau has not helped himself with certain things. You know, the SNC thing has really destabilized his credibility, et cetera. So that's, that's problematic. The, I think uh, the, you know, so there's definitely an attempt at alignment from premiers. The interesting uh, challenge, I think, I think for those of us who, you know, look at things like income inequality and uh, climate change as being the fundamental problems of our times is to reflect on, you know, maybe where Mr. Trudeau has gone wrong in his approach and to think about whether there's an approach that can bring pre- uh, bring uh, provinces together uh, rather than set them against each other. Um, and if we reflect on, you know, Canadian history, there were, there were conservative and liberal governments in Ottawa uh, and across the country, when we brought in health care, um, and you know when they, when we brought in pension plans, these were all provincial jurisdiction issues that the federal government used its uh, its wiles and its cash and some legislation to accomplish for us. And so, you know, federalism is a tough thing, but federalism has always got to be about trying to bring provinces together. And if a leader can emerge, I, I think who for for those of us who perceive themselves, you know, to be on the center left of the spectrum. If a leader can emerge who can offer that kind of thing on income inequality, on austerity, on fighting climate change, um, I think there's um, I think there's some hope uh, to uh, to push back this alliance that's growing from the premiers. Okay, let's take a call from Ray in Toronto. Hi, Ray. Hi, how are you doing, Libby? Fine. How are you? I'm good. I just want to congratulate uh, Jason Kenney. I think he's going to be uh, a real good premier for Alberta. And uh, I think he's going to get things done in Ottawa. Okay. Okay. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Now, there were some people who read into his uh, victory speech, among other things, a message to Quebec. And does this election sort of increase the rift? The SNC-Lavalin scandal has, uh, you know, it's. I think it's increased resentment in Alberta because they say, oh, look look what uh, Trudeau would do for Quebec, but he won't do for us. So, John McIntyre, how do you see that aspect of it? Well, I think it's 
a very real concern. Certainly the Prime Minister has gone out of his way to drive up alienation between the provinces. Um, you know, it, it's one thing to favour your home province. It's another to do the job of Prime Minister and be there for all the provinces and unite the country. And he hasn't done that. And the, the whole SNC-Lavalin thing goes well and above that. And that it's just, uh, uh, from almost every aspect, it's a, it's a, it's a case study on failed leadership and failed communications efforts. Bob, do you, what do you say to that? Bob? Sorry. Uh, uh, look, uh, I wouldn't read too, too much into this whole uh, Alberta election. I think uh, it was pretty predictable about two or three years ago. I think we're back to where we normally are in terms of leadership uh, uh, in Alberta. Uh, I suspect that they will be tough on Trudeau, which uh, which you and and uh, and he's he'll just have to deal with that situation. This is not an unheard of situation in Canadian politics, where you have provincial pre- premiers of one stripe and a government of another stripe. That's usually been the case. It was the case when his father was the prime minister quite a bit when Mr. Kretchan was in, when Harper was in, and now with him. So you figure out where you can work, where you disagree, and uh, can get done. There may be some uh, issues that he's going to have to moderate on because of lack of uh, provincial support. And then there'll be other issues where he'll have to fight them on him and take his chance with the, with the electorate. That's what elections are about. And uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not overly worried about it. And do you see uh, some sort of super conservative block lining up against him? Do you? How do you see that, Bob? Well, you know, I, look, I've, I think a number of conservative premiers have already made that clear that they're going to do stuff. But uh, quite frankly, who cares? I mean, I think that, that, that that's happened throughout our history. Uh, the federal government has certain roles and responsibility it, it needs to do and act on. A uh, province has cer- certain roles and responsibilities. There's certain things that they can work on. If they can work on them, great. And if they can't, they can't. Um, it's up to the people uh, to decide who they send to uh, the provinces and to the federal government. And if they want to have people of one stripe provincially and another stripe federally, uh, go to it. Um, so uh, this is hardly new for our confederation. I'm not overly worried about it. The governments will figure out how to work together, and then on some issues that uh, they won't. Welcome to Canada. <laughs> Tom Parkin, Rachel Notley had a lot of personal popularity despite what happened uh, to her party in the last election. Do you see her perhaps emerging on the national scene? I mean, your your current leader uh, is so far not been that effective. Yeah, I think Rachel Notley is primarily an Albertan politician, and uh, she's, you know, born and raised there. She's, uh, I think a lot of her appeal is because of her deep Alberta roots and that they could see her as an exception to the Alberta tradition of voting for conservatives, that she was a sort of new Democrat. She wasn't new Democrats, no doubt about that, social Democrat, uh, but she was a different kind of person. She was a person who inherently understood Alberta. And that naturally led her to conclusions about uh, not only, you know, being the first premier of Alberta to address climate change, which is a significant problem that we might have with Mr. Kenny, that he takes that away, uh, but that she also understood the resource arguments in Alberta and the uh, the idea about uh, developing resources, but also that it's the people that own the resources 
so those were a couple of interesting, powerful arguments that I don't think translate into federal politics simply because in most of the other regions of Canada and British Columbia and certainly Ontario and West, um, I don't think there's a, a place for an argument about pipelines in the, in the way that she put it. It's just not a constituency that exists within the New Democratic Party to be a booster of those positions in the way that she did. So I still think that she is probably, she probably was uh, one of the brightest uh, premiers, and uh, if you stack them up against the other ten, the other nine, I should say, um, she really stood ahead, uh, and, and she was the exception to an Alberta, um, an Alberta tradition. Uh, but she stood out and did some important things. So again, I think her 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 history will be um, remembered well as somebody who fought hard and did some important things in a tough time, uh, and she will be given credit. But I'm not sure that she can ever translate that because of the pipeline situation that you can translate that into a federal leap. Um, just on Bob's part, point, though, and very quickly, sorry, but, you know, I, I, I hope Bob is right, but we have a leader in Mr. Kenny who's talked, you know, threatening things about British Columbia, unconstitutional things, threatening things about, you know, uh, disrupting equalization, has kind of run against Quebec to some extent, you know, playing that old game. Um, I really hope that that was all just electoral stuff that he was, and he has no intent of continuing that as a premier. Um, but the risk is there because he, he has said these things and he has built a constituency uh, yeah, for that in the past. So I think, I, I hope Bob is right because those are destructive kind of arguments against our federation. But I think we got to watch and, um, and try and make sure that uh, he doesn't resurrect them. Okay, uh, let's give the numbers out again, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And I'll, I'll take a call from Keith in Rochester. Not very usual to have Americans commenting on, uh, you know, the ins and outs of Canadian politics. Hi, Keith. Uh, politely, it doesn't matter the country for any lefty to be reelected. All they have to do is reach out to the center. Most people hate extremes. On the political spectrum, most voters are three categories. In the center, center left, or center right. And the left doesn't understand that. Nancy Pelosi down here is trying to keep the socialists away from her Democratic Party because many Democrats themselves don't want socialism. In closing, me very conservative, I never understand the left. They simply don't reach out to the majority of people. The majority of people, even when they vote in a Trudeau, are still common sense. They want less government and much, much more freedom. Okay, Keith. Well, I, I think uh, Canadians generally are pretty centrist. And, uh, well, uh, certainly I would say that uh, the Liberals and the NDP in Alberta, uh, centrist, wouldn't really say that for Jason Kenney. So where does this take us from here, John McCutishan? Well, I think, I was going to say, I think there's some uh, ch- significant changes um, uh, now. Uh, Jason Kenney certainly is uh, not seen as center-right, but more right-right uh, in his politics. And I think he's also very strong. So if you want to compare him to previous uh, uh, premiers of Alberta, I think he is going to be the furthest right and the strongest leader that that's come out of that province in decades. Do you think he's um, a, just, uh, sorry to interrupt, do you think he's a threat to Andrew Scheer? Uh, I don't think he's a threat. I think he's going to do everything he can to help Andrew become um, the next prime minister. But if you're asking if Andrew fails to make it, what happens? 
well that I think all bets are off. That's a that's a different conversation. So it it really depends on how well uh, Shear does. Um, uh, the the other thing I was going to say is uh, interesting dynamics. So we look here in Ontario in the in the last federal election, uh, Kathleen Wynne was there with Spades working hard for Trudeau, and he completely stayed away from her in the last provincial, knowing how radioactive she was, and that that would hurt him a year later um, in this fall's election. So Jason's a, Jason is a strong asset. Ford is an asset. You start looking across the provinces, and it's not just carbon tax uh, fighters that are out there. These are, these are premiers with significant followings that are going to be taking on Trudeau um, like he didn't have to face in his last election. Interesting. Tom, you agree? Yeah, I do. Uh, it's, it's always easier to fight a campaign when you've got, you know, if you're at the provincial level, if you've got a mayor or if you've got uh, a whole bunch of you know municipal politicians on your side. And it's a lot easier to fight when you don't have premiers sniping at you from day to day. And and I think, you know, Mr. Ford and Mr. Kenny will, will definitely be doing that. And to some extent, uh, I think Premier Mo of Saskatchewan will do that. It's um, it, so, you know, I, I, I don't uh, relish Mr. Trudeau's position. And I question, you know, what he can do at this stage to you know, get back to the theme of if federalism is about federal, being a federal leader in a federated country is about trying to uh, induce provinces to, to assist you, to induce them to do things like health care, to induce them to support them to do things like Canada Pension Plan or support them to do climate change initiatives, etc. Right. Then, then if this is what it's about, it's a it's a it's a tough job. And when you have fewer allies or those who will simply sit at the table and not actively help. Uh, and, I, and I think there's going to be a first minister's meeting in, in, in June. I'm sorry, in, really, is it in June or in, Ju- in July? You know, it's it sends um, it's it's it, it erodes the capacity of the federal leader to act, and that weakness in itself becomes a problem because if you can't carry out your your hope as a leader because of provincial resistance, um, you know, it leads to an argument of well, you know, he can't get his agenda done, whatever the agenda is. And therefore, isn't a leader. So this is it, it, it. Federal Canadian federalism is got great strengths, but it is a very, very challenging political environment to lead. Bob, are you still in who cares mode? <laughs> yeah, I am actually. I mean, I think uh, it. Ultimately, it's up to the voters to decide, and the voters have decided. They want a certain party running the federal government. We'll see if they're reelected in whatever it is, five months. Uh, I believe they probably will be. I think he'll get between 160 and 185 seats. That's my prediction. There you go. We're writing that uh, and down. And they've, and they've, uh, and they've elected uh, a number of governments across the province. You work mm-hmm. with them when you can. And when you can't, you move forward where you have the jurisdictional responsibility to do stuff. And you try to get as much stuff done on, on the clock while you have responsibility. I, I just don't think it's that, a compli- uh, that complicated. Here's another thing that will happen over the next year or two. Um, these guys who have been in campaign mode for the last uh, few years, um, all of a sudden will have responsibilities to govern. And they'll also have responsibilities, and they'll also be responsibilities for um, for, uh, provincially. How are you doing with our health care? How are you doing with education? How are you doing uh, creating jobs? Uh, What are you doing to – how are our roads? All of a sudden, they're going to, instead of yapping at the federal government uh, and the prime minister uh, 
uh, every 15 minutes. They're going to have, there's going to be a degree of accountability for their performance. So let's see how they do over the next year or two, because uh, they've got to step up to the plate and do some things in their their own jurisdictions, too, as well. Okay. well, I think it's going to be very interesting in the lead up to the next election. Thank you so much, Bob Richardson, John McCutition and Tom Parkin. Appreciate your time. Okay. you're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.